Hey, 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 it is Friday, January 20th, 2023, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on the West Coast. I am Brandon Beliso, and this is Success Never Sleeps. Success Never Sleeps. Success Never Sleeps. It never sleeps. There it is. Dun, dun, dun. Success Never Sleeps. So we as a collective, you know, we're just trying to figure out this thing called life. And I'm a huge advocate of personal development of work-life balance and everything that we do. And that's important, right? We're always trying to trying to get there. We're trying to, you know, crack the code, dropping bombs, slaying, you know, the whole nine yards. And that's so important. You know me. I mean, I get it. I work the 80 for, so I don't have to do 40. You know, the hustle, the grind, all those different things that, that come with it. But I'm very, very, very passionate about creating a work-life balance. Nothing, nothing could get in the way of me being at my son's basketball game or practice or my daughter's soccer practice today. Tonight, we're going to go watch a couple of basketball games, you know, because my son's getting ready for high school. I am more than grateful. And I would much rather do that than, you know, many other things. So I'm very mindful of that. But make no mistake, I woke up this morning, did a couple of stock things and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm $1,500 richer. So I'm mindful of that. And that work-life balance is a big part of what we're going to talk about today when I bring my sister Letitia Crafts aboard from LC Accounting. You know, when, when we look at our businesses, especially in our industry, 90, and I'm going to ask Letitia, this, she probably has some better stats. I would say 90% of our businesses are not set up properly. They simply are not. They are not. They are not. We witness it all the time. We had that big franchise come through right in the past five years. They're gone. The franchises weren't set up correctly. They were sued, you know, and now everybody's basically a co-op and they're running around doing whatever they want. That's a crime. How, how do you have such amount of money. Look at FTX, right? Talk about outside. That was just a whole Ponzi scheme. And that happens every day, every day, somewhere in the world, because people don't do things right. You know, I remember one of my favorite movies is Scarface. And and when, you know, Al Pacino's character said, you know, to, to that guy that tried to have him killed, uh, the car dealer guy, right? End up killing him and taking his woman, you know, you don't fly right. You don't fly right. There was something like a heifer, a bird who don't fly right. It's real important, you know, because the one thing, I don't care what you do, you don't mess with the IRS. Ask Al Capone, right? They couldn't get that guy. What got him? The IRS and tax evasion. So setting up your business properly for me is really, really a huge must. And we're still cleaning up messes in our business that weren't done right at different times. And we're changing things and moving and adapting. Why? Tax laws change all the time right? Things change constantly. If the pandemic didn't teach us that, then nothing did. So the ability to ebb and flow and contract and expand is really those type of financial decisions are based upon the structure of how you set up your business to begin with. And you know, that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about when Sunday, April 23rd, I will be in Boston. That's right. It's Time Live Boston, our only East Coast visit. We're going to be there and you want to join us. We will work on systems. We will work on curriculum development. We will work on staff training. We'll work on writing content and storytelling, but we will talk about business structure. That is very important to me. I'm a huge advocate of profit first, as is Letitia. We'll have a small discussion on that as well. So, Get signed up now. And everybody who's coming aboard, you know, again, at the end of this broadcast, I'm going to give away one ticket, one ticket for It's Time Live Boston, valued at $549. Come spend the whole day with us on Sunday. And I promise you will walk away empowered. You'll walk away with some real tools and skill set based upon what? Disruptive thinking, new thinking. We closed out the year at $1.85 million between two locations, and we do that without contracts, upgrades, bell testing fees, sales scripts, built-in built in, you know, retail stuff. We don't do any of that. So it, the, if, it, if this brave new world has opened up that door to that type of thinking, it's there. Disruption is the key. So if you want to get away from the same old song and dance of contracts, upgrades, bell testing fees, please come join us now. I'm not saying that doesn't work. I'm just saying for me and what I want to do in my life in this world is I want to serve people at a higher level. I can't do that if I'm sitting there reading a sales script. I can't do that if my main objective is to close the deal and get you to sign a contract. But the way we work is a lot of work. Ask anyone who's ever worked with me. You will work freaking hard. But 
After 30 plus years of owning small businesses, I can confidently say I know how to run small business and I know how to not only survive and thrive a pandemic, a dot-com, a mortgage crisis and all the rest. I know how to do that really, really well. Cool. All right. So let's thank our sponsors really quick here, Marco. And Marco's holding up the back end as always. Who do we have? Who do we have? We have Market Muscles. We got My Studio, Kids Love Life Skills, and of course, LC Accounting. Four companies I value at a heart level with people that are purpose-driven, with people that do things right, right? People that do things right. And for me, that's really, really important, right? It's really important. Those of you coming aboard, say hi. We have Succeed Martial Arts. All right, what's up? What's up, Don? Who else is here? Because at the end of this broadcast, we are going to give away. Bob, what's up, Bob, sir? We're going to give away um, one ticket to It's Time Live Boston. But you got to put your name, where you're tuning in from, the name of your school, and you got to be here at the end of all this madness. All right? Let's, uh, let's get down to it. Let's get down to it. Let's go. Let's go. So we're going to bring on board. This is my sister, Letitia Craps. What's up, Tish? What's going on, disruptors? Yeah. yeah. How's it so going today? It's good. I mean, life is good. Um, I was hearing you talking about your challenges with raising a 13-year-old. Yeah. Um, no? <laughs> oh. Not for the faint of heart. It's not. It's not. You know, Braden's 14. And um, one of the most recent things we did, which we found out we could do, is we put both my kids on the payroll, right? And we pay them how much a year right now, Tish? 12000 Twelve thousand again. It's an additional write-off. It's an additional expense out. It's money into my family, but you have to justify that. Braden's fourteen. He's going to help with day camps and do different things. So throughout the year, he'll earn probably more than that twelve thousand. Uh, Taya, we, we've used his models many times. If you look at our commercial for after school during the pandemic, different things like that. Taya's been active in commercial, so we can pay her a modeling fee. As long as you can justify that, you got hard materials to show that then, you know, I can show schedules that Braden's on where he assists in class, you know, so we can show that. And of course, as we get ready to shoot all these new curriculum videos and all the videos for excellent kids, you know, I'm choosing to use Taya because I can do the drills faster and better. And I'm not left to the devices of whether this five-year-old is going to perform or not. I think it's more important we get the information out to the school owner. And if I can show the drills efficiently and quickly so they get it, then I believe that's going to be of a higher value, which is something no one's ever done in our industry. If you watch everyone that teaches pre-K and kindergarten, they always use kids that are of that age group. And I watch it. It's like a nightmare, right? Sometimes the kids are on, sometimes they're not. Sometimes I find myself more distracted watching this little kid pick his nose than the drill the instructor's trying to show me. So we've chosen to go that route. So again, you know, it's not something I would simply do so you think you're getting over on the government. You have to justify it. You have to do that. And so as we move forward, you know, you could look at social media posts. My kids are in a lot of those pictures. And I'm quite passionate about that because if we are a family environment, want to promote that family and you're utilizing it in an ad, you know, virtually, God, my kids were all over all the ads during virtual. You know, and plus I made them do all the family extreme kickboxing. You remember that, Tish? When we did all oh, that yeah. online classes? Yeah. Yeah. Right into the background going, man, this sucks. You yeah, you could see it in his face. <laughs> yeah. We're making them do it is what we make to do. We got Believe Martial Arts is here. Maximum, Jim. What's up, Jim? Maximum Martial Arts, Monique, Karate for Girls. Monique, I need your logo to post at our website as well. Anyone that I've helped support you in your businesses in any shape, way, or form, I'd love to partner with you and put your logo under people that I've served. So send that over to me. So Tish, where do you think, let's talk with the number one the number one, you've worked with so many martial arts schools now, you know, in the past couple of years. What do you think is the biggest shortcoming? Not having program? a business plan. Yeah. Yeah. I got to agree with you 150,000%. I got to admit, when I opened up San Francisco, I had a business plan kind of sort of here. But I, when you see it in black and white on a piece of paper and you can see that SWOT analysis, your strength, mm -hmm. your weaknesses, your opportunities, your threats, when you get some <laughs> expense. And even though it's hypothetical, you know, what's year one, year two, year three, you know, looking at what you're your projected. At least if you have something to aim for, you're going to come close to it. We wanted 300 students and about 750,000 in the first year. We hit 285, right? We came close to that in the first year of the new location. Yeah, I would never move forward without a business plan, which I think is something like a tax return everybody should do every year, at least a budget, right? 
Um, well, a budget every year, but your business plan, like if you had a business plan in place prior COVID, I strongly advise you to redo it because mm-hmm. COVID changed everything. Everybody has grown and developed in so many different ways that you need to see. You need to see what you had as uh, strengths and weaknesses could have changed. Your market could have changed. Mm-hmm. You could have, um, like Marco, he moved. Yep. So his demographic and anything he had in place at his first location might not be applicable to this new location. I mean, it's just really important because I feel like the business plan is truly your your the backbone of the business because it has you to start looking at your why. It helps you look at what your lo, mo, um, not your slogan, mo, whatever you're gonna your inspirational like how yours is, you know, living your best life and stuff. That that all has that, and it also has a marketing plan in it. It has just everything. So I feel like it's the backbone truly because if you think about it and you put all this effort into it and you and you do all this research you're halfway there because you've already gone ahead and you're already thinking ahead and you're already making your goals. If you just go, Oh, I'm not open to school. Where are any benchmarks for you? What, 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 what if you open up a school and there's 10 schools around you, you just say, Hey, this is a cool place. I want to open up. So that's why a business plan is so important. That's why I think a lot of businesses fail because they just pick spot, here, look, this looks cool. There's a Starbucks by here. You know, they may look at that. Oh, there's a Starbucks or I'm in the strip mall. And that's it. Well, and, looking- I think adding to that, my sister, is that they bleed out after six months yes. in, one yes, year in, do. you know, or they go through their retirement because they've been working a day job Correct. and have the money saved up. And now they're going to, you know, hop into entrepreneurship. So, uh, yeah. Is there a good template? We could you, probably- There's one we have on there. I yeah. thought we had it on the disruptors under the just the disruptor files. Right. So if you guys are yeah, part of the there. disruptor, there's a file under there, a template for creating a business plan. Yeah. What are you know? I think it's a good education process because you know I'm I'm very Definitely. passionate about empowerment, and I think the empowerment for a school owner is stop being freaking lazy, stop sitting there and just you know relying upon everybody for your success. And I believe with you writing the business plan, even just as an exercise. You know, if you're yeah. going to take it to a bank and try to get a loan or an SBA, I would definitely run it by Letitia, you know, or somebody that has working knowledge to cross the T's and dot the I's afterwards. But I believe the meat and potatoes, the skeleton of that business plan, you should do yourself, right? Letitia can clean it up for you after. Somebody can. But by you going through that, that going down that rabbit hole and really exploring what goes into a business plan, you'll understand what a bank looks for if you're trying to get a loan or a line of credit. So what are, what are three key points in a business plan that a small business owner, martial arts school owner should pay attention to? Um, well, they need to know their demographics. Like a lot of schools, oh, you know, you hear, oh, I only have kids. Or, sorry, Monique, I only have females yeah. that come to my school. So you have to know your demographic. Like if if you're in an area just like your area, yeah. right? Where we're in Millbrae or yeah. even San Francisco, it's yeah. heavily. You know what your demographic is. I do. So I do. But make no exactly. mistake, guys. You know, I didn't open in Millbrae because I live here. Please, you know, and I hear that one all the time. One guy was in one of the worst neighborhoods ever, and I go, "Why did you open here? I live here. That's a that's a worst reason to open a business, right? Just because you live here." That is not a reason why you should open a business. You know, if you study it, I think Millbury is one of the most affluent cities in California, right? As is the neighborhood we are in San Francisco. You know, we're not in a bad neighborhood in San Francisco. We're in a pretty affluent uh, area in San Francisco. And that's, that's you got to be mindful of that stuff. Because I, I, I think one of the things we always have issues with is our pricing, right? People are always way under the amount of money they should be charging. And a lot of it's because their demographic simply doesn't support it at all, at all. And it all began with you opening a school. And I agree with you 100%, Letitia, that people are opening schools without even doing a demographic study. Correct. What, what, what's the second thing in that business plan? Um, not knowing there's, um, when you go through the business plan, it does talk about initial startup costs. Because I also think when owners, you know, when school owners, oh, this is a cool spot. Let's go in. Here's my deposit. They're not, they haven't put in a plan. Well, this is how much my mats are going to cost if I have to paint and if I have to do a build out. Knowing those initial startup costs and then what it costs to maintain it, 
is all in the business plan. And that's so important. You know, you've been to those places where, you know, um, the paints are tipped off. It stinks. It's, I mean, nobody wants to go to school that stinks. That smells like feet. Nobody wants to, or has nasty, scuzzy mats. Um, and it's because they didn't plan. They didn't on their business plan. It, it has a portion where it says, okay, what are your startup costs? What's involved with your startup costs? It's in there too. So that's super important because again, you just come in, oh, you, I have a blank check. I got a loan. Let me do this and this. And then when you don't have a budget and you don't have a purpose with your money, that is the, is another part that I think is really important on the business plan. Well, yeah. And, and you know, when I, when I talk about bleeding out, I think when you go in, you should have six months of rent, six months of payroll, six Mm -hmm. months to live on yourself, six months of marketing, right? Six months of all those different things. And when you decide to set up that school, what do you do? Right. What do you do? Three year lease, five year lease. You know, I think anybody just starting out should go lean and mean no more than eighteen hundred square feet. Do a short term lease, maybe not even go with mirrors, but you better have good mats because that's your stage. Right. And I watch people throw carpet down and leave tile. One school has tile on the floor. You can't train on tile. Right. I mean, you, you want to charge for a premium product, but you didn't budget for that yet. They'll sit there and think the only key is marketing and they'll drop tens of thousands of dollars into marketing, but you walk into the school and it looks like crap. So I, I agree with you deciding, you know, what you're going to put in that school. Also, when you're negotiating that lease, we were in yeah. Melbourne and they told us you have to spend $5,000 on putting a new ADA rated, you know, door opener just because the door, the, the, the platform on the front door was half an inch off but they didn't mm-hmm. catch it before. I had to paint the whole parking lot. It was just, you know, it's just what comes with the conditions. So be very mindful when you sign a lease, make sure again, having to talk to a lawyer, what are all those different contingencies, right? Down the road. So yeah, and then what's the third thing in that business plan do you think? Um, the advertising and marketing, which is one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you're putting in and you have to have some kind of knowledge I talk to so many school owners and I look at their stuff and I'm like, wow, you're spending a lot on that marketing, advertising. What, what, what are you doing first? Cause I ask you all the time, say, yeah. I saw this charge. Um, and it's, it's unreal how many of them are like, well, I know I pay for it. Okay. I know you pay for it, but what, what, what are we getting? Do you know? Yeah. Do you know anything? And they're yeah. like, well, you know, they explained it to me, but I don't quite understand it. I'm like, well, you're in the wrong company. Well, you know, I'm a huge advocate. I control, right? And and what, what trips people out, um, but it's studying your stats. When people search for us at Google, the number one search word is one martial arts. That's crazy, right? Most people think it's karate in San Francisco or day camps in Millbrae. It's because we really spend a lot of time on brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Tesla does zero marketing dollars. How can they get away with that? right? Because it's brand awareness. So we're huge on that that rule that I learned at the My Studio Business Summit. 30% we get leads through digital marketing, 70% on in-house and community events. That's where I would be investing. And I think the, the reason so many people launch into digital marketing, we see new j- digital marketers every day, is because that information, those stats, it is very gray. Right. I know know Facebook's made a lot of headway in really trying to teach the average Joe how to look at their stats and know that this picture sucks. So change it. This video is getting a lot of stuff. So, you know, post more videos. This copy, you know, isn't working. But when the day is done, that's why you do an A-B split test. You're always going to get that tish from school owners because they have no freaking idea how to look at those stats and study that and know if it makes sense or not. But I think the hard, fast rule, you know, of budgeting your marketing dollar and sticking to it. And I could call people out right now here who hit me up and go, oh, you know, I just signed up with so-and-so and and it's 800 bucks a month. Do you have $800 a month? Well, yeah, I need more students though. Yeah. But do you have $800? All of a sudden you're going to take on a new bill of $800 because... You know, you have this emotional connection because that's what digital marketing is good at. They fill mm-hmm. you with the hype. Yes. Right. But when the day's done, the reason it's such a great business to go into, because it's really, 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 really hard to track the stats. Some people Correct. will say, yeah. I mean, some people would say it's, well, how much are you paying per click? I don't give a shit. 
I'll pay you $1,000 a click if it's going to get me a student that's with me for four years. How much revenue are they going to generate in four years between classes, equipment, day camps, birthday parties, you know, if they join our after school, right? So I think that's a very skewed. So I agree with you. I agree with you 150%. So what you're fundamentally saying is creating this business plan, your discipline is you've got to stick with your budget. Talk more about that. Okay, so budgeting. Lots of people, like I, most of my clients I've done budgets for for the last couple of years. I didn't do it last year because we switched with its time was. But really, nobody's ever stuck to their budget. We do all this work. We say we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then it's like, psh, out the door. It's mm -hmm. gone. It's gone. Um, so really, I mean, you, you have to know your numbers. You have to pay attention. Um, where I see a lot of people, once again, marketing is the big black hole. Um, a lot of people eat out or take care of their team so much that, you know, it depends is, is do if I see you have debt, I'm like, well, feed them half and half of that money could be going to pay off your debt. Yep. Um, but budgeting is super important. It just kind of gives you just realistically, um, when we do a budget, if you do a budget and all of your numbers are zero showing no growth, well, then you got it. You got what's going to give, yep. what are you going to give yep. up? What's what fat are you going to, what fat are you going to trim off of it? Um, but I know, you know, a lot of when you talk about putting in the work, that that's the key thing, right? To be a successful entrepreneur in any business is you've got to put in the work and there's never a quick and easy way. There's nope. never a quick and easy fix. Nope. Yeah, quick and, and easy is not going to work yeah. for longevity, for the longevity of your business. Um, so that's what I see. You know, I see, I mean, I'm like all of our people we work with work really, really hard, <laughs> really, really hard. Um, but a lot of people don't want to put in the work. What, and I think, I think that's what makes me very popular, but that what that's what makes me very unpopular, right? You know, when I pull back the covers and reveal that being a generational business, which we are successfully, that we do the work. We do the work, you know, little things like, you know, when, when I wanted to buy that TV and you said, hey, we're on a budget. I freaking bought a TV all the way in Pinole, you know, and drove out to freaking Pinole. And we didn't buy the other two, two TVs because we had two monitors in the school, which could suffice for that, right? So, I mean, there you go. So I'm mindful of that. I, I think other than the budget, it's a mindset, is it not? To be mm -hmm. constantly fluid, constantly paying attention, constantly. I mean, I think I make you nuts with that. All the time I'm sending anything that comes across the wire. You know, now that I'm 61, I'm, I'm considered a senior. So where can I capitalize on that? You know, where, where does that leverage come in? So um, we just change. And so, so let's move into that next. Let's talk about LLC, S Corp, C Corp. We recently moved San Francisco from an LLC to an S Corp. Share with people why. Um, we did that because we can take better um, advantage of. So professor, he is now on salary in San Francisco. So salary, that means I get the, we get the benefits of his wage. We get the benefits of his payroll taxes. Um, that all goes through the business and we get to expense it. He also gets the benefit because we um, are deducting his 401k money pre-tax. So that's even better for him. Um, and it's just a better way to go because the business, business San Francisco is growing. It's getting bigger. And it also sets us up for an e easy way to bring in um, TJ. Yep. When eventually our um, everybody should know TJ or Professor Second, um, we know he wants to be the be a partner or however we're going to work it. So having an S corp set up makes it an easy transition. Right. And, and, that's really know, we're going and, for. and there's a backstory there. I own San Francisco because I had it before I got married with Kim. Kim mm -hmm. and I, because it was after we were married, she's technically half owner of Millbrae, right? Mm -hmm. So it was we left Millbrae as an LLC. And we changed mm -hmm. San Francisco to an S Corp. So as we fulfill our promise and our intention, right, of bringing TJ in as as a uh, partner in San Francisco first, that th the structure is already there in place. Now let's talk about. We talked to Beth. How much tax dollars are we to our advantage in 2023? Did we figure out? Well, I mean, it's sure 20,000. I forgot what it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, it was like around twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. And I want to I want to emphasize we didn't change the business is still an LLC. What yep. we changed was is how we file taxes. Correct. So you have a form you have to fill out to do that. So we're not changing the structure. It's just how we report our taxes. Correct. That's all we changed. So yep. it's still an LLC. 
You know, it's it's still everything's the same. It's just we do a different tax return. We do an eleven twenty. Yep. In addition to and, the other ones, so we added why, a tax return. Yeah. But but why do I ask that question every year to you and Beth? Should we stay in LLC? Should we go S corp? Should we go C corp? Why is that a conversation every year? Because taxes change every year. Yep. Everything changes. Yep. Your income changes. Everything changes. I mean, I I, I laugh because if I I posted every single tax change that I see every day, I would be inundated with just a bunch of tax laws. So they change. That's why you ask every year. Just like every year, I personally, for me and my family, I review my life insurance every year. I want to make sure where am I at? Do I have the best coverage? Do I need more? Do I need less? Where is my Where are my finances and stuff? It's just something you should do because taxes change. Yep. Every year, thresholds change. Well, Income taxes change. And, and I think, you know, having owned other businesses and understanding that for 30 plus years, I get extremely frustrated when I hear uh, business owners say, well, you know, I just want to teach. I just want to teach. And if you read E-Myth by Michael Gerber, he talks about that, right? You want to be a baker because you love to bake. So you open a bakery Well, you are no longer a baker. You are not only baking, you are hiring, you are firing, you are doing marketing, you are doing budgeting, you are doing purchasing of supplies. You know, you're doing all of it. And I think that's the big thing that kills the small business owner is they never spend the time or the money because they'd rather spend it on some new digital marketing company to get the type of education that they truly need to make educated decisions in their business. Well, I mean, we can even bring it back to basics. When you open up a business, you should look at your state and Google, how do I open up a business in California? And it will tell you every license you need to have. Um, so many people I work with don't even have a resale certificate. They don't do sales and use tax. And I'm like, well, but you have a pro shop, right? <laughs> and you're charging taxes, right? I mean, it's something that simple. I mean, it's really that simple. You could just Google it and it'll tell you X, Y, Z, call them. They even say call us if you need help, pick up the phone. So once again, it's putting in the work to get the knowledge. Right. I mean, it's out there. Yeah, and it's, not, a, it's not as exciting, you know, as no, a real naked choke or a front kick to the groin. It's not as exciting at all, but that type of foundation really will help you. You know, I, I think I really pride myself on being able to hold a conversation with you about numbers or talking mm -hmm. to our lawyer about what we need, yeah. right? Because it is based upon our purpose of live your best life and taking care of the team and taking care of my family and all the rest, that, that work-life balance and everything that goes with it, right? I mean, we had to contract really hard during the pandemic, but mm -hmm. did a single one of my bills not get paid? They they right. But see, I have the ability to do that. We won't tell people how much revenue I didn't make in 2020, but I had to contract hard, hard. And our people got raises, did they not? Yes, they did. Yeah. And bonuses. And bonuses. So to have that vision yet from the percentage that I lost to 2022, it's astronomical the amount of money I'll make in 2022, correct? Correct. There you go. See, but yeah. I'm able to do that. But see that work-life balance? My family had no freaking idea because they didn't go without. There's nothing my family didn't want or need, I should say, in 2022 that they did not get. And so that's really important to me as a, just as a dad, as a business owner, as the leader of the band. My team had no idea. Me and Letitia were sweating it on the back end and PPP this and ERC that and what about this? We even got a $5,000 grant from Facebook, remember that? Yeah. And a $1,500 ad spend, but we yeah. did the work. I know I made Tisha nuts, but it was such unknown territory, wasn't it? We, we were out oh, there was. like, what the hell, right? And how many people took that first $10,000 that came through on the PPP and then took an additional 100,000, not realizing it was a loan? Correct. I had some people do that and they asked me for forgiveness and I said, great, give me the paperwork because I wasn't with you when you did it. And I read a lot of paperwork and I'm like, I'm sorry, it's not forgivable because this is a loan. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was very scary. I mean, during the pandemic was very scary, but, um, and I think that's the one thing that I personally bring to the table is no. with me, I'm always looking out for the family. Especially, I mean, especially, of course, he's my brother. Those are my, you know, my sister-in-law, my niece and nephew. 
I'm always going to take care of the family, but anybody I work with, That's I'm always looking them. out. Yeah, yeah. I always am looking out for your family. What do we have to have in place to protect your family? Yeah, uh, where we need to go? Yeah, but but that's the purpose of what you do at LC Account. Mm -hmm. yeah. right? So many accountants, I mean, bookkeepers are just, you know, I'm going to say bean counters. They, yeah. they don't get involved like that. They, they don't take all of that into consideration. And I think that's really important with any anybody I work with, you know, I need to know where are you financially? Because I know I want to brand you. I know I want to do this. You need match. You need marriage. But can you afford it? Correct. That's the key thing. And anything you do, you know, where you take on debt, credit card debt is not good debt. When you're paying 18% or whatever the hell on some of those credit cards, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's so we, we really, we make an effort to pay our cards down to zero every month, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, correct. we do. We have a couple of smaller loans on cards that, you know, we're paying off monthly, but that can really run up, you know, for- well, even, And even then, when, for your our strategy that we have for year, for those loans is I always pay enough and then more Yep. So I'm paying the interest and the majority of it is going to principal. Yep. That's another thing that people don't look at when you're making, even if you're making credit card payments and stuff, you really need to stop and look, okay, so I made $50. I paid $50 on this credit card. How much of it went to my principal? And if that's the case, you know, probably $20 of that went to your principal. So or 20 went to your principal and the rest was interest. Um, yep. You need to be really aware. And if you can, Really, if you can, you should double your payments or at least make sure, you know, this is my minimum payment. Let me add this much more. So I'm covering my interest and the bulk of it is going to your principal. That's another okay. strategy to do when you have a lot of debt and get yeah. straight with the IRS. <laughs> get straight. Yeah. Because the IRS will always get you. And come on, they you got to agree with me on this one. How many school learners have you come across that haven't filed their freaking taxes for a number of years? A lot of them. I don't understand that at all. At I, all. I don't understand. Um, Do you know what it is, Latish? And, and this is what it is. They're used to working for a company where that's just taken out every year and then they go to TurboTax or H&R Block. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. You know, and, and I'm really alarmed, you know, out of sight, out of mind type of thing. I don't know what they're thinking. The penalties. I had someone, I don't know who that was, but not too long ago, they went, my bank account's empty. I go, what? The IRS came in and took the money. Yeah. Why? Well, they sent you notices too. Yeah. I mean, the IRS just doesn't, that's a last resort. I mean, that's the thing. Well, um, when you get a notice it, from the IRS, communicate with them. Mm -hmm. Communicate. Even if it's, dude, I have no money. As long as you have that open dialogue going back and forth, they're yep. not just going to all of a sudden take your money. Because yep. I guarantee you the IRS, you probably had 10 or 15 letters before they resorted to doing that. Right. But everybody's <laughs> just like, Ooh. right now. Everybody who's here right now, you know, silently, you don't have to put it in the comments, raise your freaking hand if you've done something like not pay your quarterly taxes, you know, or not follow the I know taxes. people who, I know people, I know people. Come on, be very mindful of that, you guys. We are a family business. I am, Letitia is, we work together. We're all about taking care of your family. You not paying your quarterly taxes is irresponsible to your family. You... Hi. Not, not filing, you know, yearly taxes is irresponsible to your team. You need to shift that mindset now, right? Or I can tell you, hey, buy my Facebook ad, digital ad. And I'll say, you know, you got it. We need to shift that mindset. We need Correct. to shift that mindset because make no mistake, as I said at the top of this broadcast, Al Capone, you know, that they will catch you. And when the IRS catches you and they know because they have digital record. They sent you 12 letters about that. They are going to ream you. They are going to yeah. ream you because now they are pissed because they've given you the chance and you've cost them time and money and dollars in sending you letters, following up, and they give you because the last thing they want you to do is go out of business. Why? Because then you can't pay any of those taxes back. They don't want you to go out of business and they will work with you. So if you've got a couple years and you've been bad on those things, please reach out to Letitia. Please square that stuff right. Like she said, get right with the IRS. Okay. So, so far we've learned, make a good business plan, right? We've learned, um, stick to your budget, right? Make sure you stick to that budget. 
Three, we've learned to always look at your business structure every year. Make sure you stay within budget. None of these emotional buys, which is a big thing. And four, get tight with the IRS. Make sure you cross your T's, you dot your I's. I just reviewed a bunch of subscriptions. Even in the position we are financially, weren't we looking at all these subscriptions even at $10 a month that we're not using anymore and getting rid of, right? We're always looking at ways to cut our expenses. I say it to all the time, and, and, and a couple of people here right now, I am, I am family martial arts. What's up, Hazel and Paul? Love you guys. You know, they came to It's Time Live, and we had the discussion, you know, they want to make more money. Everybody wants to make more money. You know the first thing I said? Cut your expenses. Correct. Cut your expenses. You know, I used to spend 400 bucks a month at Pete's Coffee for me, my wife, the team. So I went out and spent money on a really nice espresso machine, which I got through my wife's cousin and a family discount. So I didn't even pay full price for that thing. And now my, my bill's like 100, 100 bucks a month, really. And I make organic lattes, which are better for you, won't give you cancer. And I have organic oat milk and it's a million times better. Right. So again, well, you, you don't have to do that. That's not the point. It's stupid to go out and spend $400 a month on Starbucks. There's a huge difference there. There's you, but you know, I get it. We all have our priorities. I vacation. Letitia knows what I spend a night at the Grand Californian at Disney. That makes the wife happy. Fine. I'm happy with that. Right. That's a family vacation. But me personally, other than taking care of my body, what do I spend on myself, Tish? Really think about that. Yeah, Not I don't. But every week, what I spend my money on is keeping my mind right and keeping my body right. You know, my supplements are probably about $1,500 a year in supplementation. I get a massage every week. That's 80 bucks. I see a physical therapist every week, right? That's another 100 bucks. That's what I spend my money on. Right? I wear a pair of Converse. You know, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. I don't spend a lot of money on cars because those are not assets to me. Those are not. I want to accumulate wealth. The reason I don't have multiple schools is because I have money invested. I have other revenue streams. But these two schools, make no mistake, are a breadwinner. So we shore them up by putting money into our team. Right. Like Letitia said, we gave you. Yeah. Some people got a 25% raise and there were bonuses in there because we want that team without your team. You do not have a business. You cannot grow that business. So people all the same. Well, you know, the average tenure in our team has been what, 10, 15 years now because we take care of our people. Yeah. Two people bought houses. One got married at a destination wedding. Now is going to have a baby. Right. We really strive. And Letitia is a big part of that. Right. And there was one time I had that mindset, me against them, you know, right? It's me against big brother, against the company, and I was the company. But once we shifted that mindset and realized that we are all one and we're all living our best life, I'm very grateful to move in that direction. Richard Branson said that so well. If I take care of my team, guess what? They'll take care of the, the, the people who fly in our airlines, right? Right? Right. So I, I want you guys to really think about that. Now, let, let's move into profit first. I, I think we're huge advocates of profit first. Give them the breakdown. Okay. So profit first um, on the surface seems really easy. You know, you're going to open up an owner's account. You're going to have your income account. You're going to have your expenses account. You're going to have your tax account. Um, those are your basics. And the profit. And then and the profit. Yes. Profit account. So Basically, what you do is you pay yourself first, you do your profit first, and then the rest is for your expenses, is directly oh, how it's supposed to go. Man, let, let me help you. Okay. This no, is, is it. Okay. Now, what we have first, we have the income account. Everything okay. goes into the income. On the 10th and 25th, pretty much, we fund the tax account. That is not your freaking money, people. Correct. How many people do you work with that have one account? Everything goes into one account. They have, lots of people have everything that goes into one account, and then a lot of them don't consider taxes and expense. It, it should you you should be squirreling that money. Um, a lot of you don't. A lot of you don't do your quarterly estimate payments either, like you're supposed to. And then um, at the end really, of the year, when they're filing taxes, they're freaked out at how much money correct. they pay, right? How often in a position, and I, I'm gonna toot Letitia's horn on this. How often in a given year, as much as we make that we are paying more money in taxes. Never. Never. 
Never. We, you know, if you want to be right with the IRS, pay more than you need to. Yeah, right? because they will charge you fees. They yep. charge you late fees they on do. all of that. If you, they when do. you, when they see you, you owe like twenty thousand, thirty thousand, and you need to do your quarterly payments, when they're going to charge you fees on it, now you're on the radar, and they're going to, they're going to say, here's your coupons, and you need to start sending it in. Right. I but mean, that that automatically happens. You know, some of my financial friends would say that money's not working for you. Why would you give that government the money early? Take that money, invest it all year long, and then at the end of the year, just pay one lump sum in taxes. I disagree. I disagree. I should be mentally in the mindset that I will fund my taxes. I will fund my 401. I will fund, you know, those different things consistently. So you have your income account. Second one is tax account. I look at that even before owner's comp, profit and expenses, because that tax money is not my money. And so many times you look at that one account with everything in and think you have all this money. No, you don't. No, you don't. So there's a tax account. Third one, owner's compensation. If I can't make a livable wage, I can't sustain this business. Fourth is profit. I don't care if you take a dollar on the 10th and right. the 25th. The habit of being a profitable business in some respect is uber important and then last expenses and if you're disciplined and you stick to that then you're not spending more than you make i make a hundred bucks i spend 50 i got 50 in the bank i make a million i spend two million i'm in debt a million dollars so that that flow you know is something because i look at my bank accounts every day every other day i know p l's when they come in every quarter from you i look at the number on the bottom and da 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 but i you know organically as a human heartbeat looking at your bank accounts every day is much more um in tune with your behavior so if you set up those five accounts my we have them for each location correct uh, yep. yeah bank thought i was nuts but i get it and letitia gets it and for us when she's looking at things quickly to move things around so we have buffers and she'll move money into yeah. the tax account then move it over to the profit then move it back in i mean you probably do that fluidly every week right Whenever yeah, I look and I see I keep a certain amount in income just mm -hmm. because we do have things that happen in income. Um, I keep it really low and then I look. So I'm in your stuff every almost every day. Yeah. So well, for a snapshot, you know, share with the people on your end as a bookkeeper. When you go in and consciously move money from the income to the expense account, you know, looking at a screenshot, how many how much money needs to be in the expense account to where you feel warm and fuzzy. How much money yeah. needs to be in the tax account? How much money needs to be in my owner's compensation account? How Correct. much? Money I look at that a lot. Yeah, and, <laughs> we can, and we can ebb and flow when quarterly taxes happen. We can ebb and flow, you know, when when expenses go up during the summer when we have more of a payroll yes. because of the day camp. We can ebb and flow. That's why I really believe in those five accounts and why Profit First has almost become this this like, you know, real phenomena in, in the business world. In general, you know, when he wrote that book, Mike Makowski, I want to say, I can never pronounce his name. I can never, I can never pronounce it. You guys should read the book, Profit First. Yeah. I mean, that is a big one. That well, and also what you guys should do, how many, raise your hand, how many of you had pre-sales? Prepaid camps, prepaid for the year. How many of you guys had the prepaid everybody. stuff? You did? Yeah, everybody. Okay. Does. So everybody does. How many of you guys put the money in a separate bank account so you didn't spend it? We did. We did. Yeah, well, we did. Well, yeah, and, and that's why you, you guys, you know, again, don't believe the hype, right? In the word of public enemy, right? Don't believe the hype. When someone says, I did $30,000 today in a Christmas sale and da, 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 da. I said, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. That's such a huge misconception. Let's break it down. You did 20,000 in retail. What did it cost you for those goods? What are the sales tax yeah. you're going to pay on it? Well, what did you pay your employees that day for payroll, right? And what about all the leftover stock you didn't sell that you're going to have to either send back or sell it at a discount? And then you took in $10,000 of memberships and pre-camps, hypothetically, right? No, you didn't. You sold a one-year membership. You have to spread that money out over 12 months. So right. I think it's a huge, huge misconception when people post things like that and then say, follow me. Right. It's because you know, we are a cash based business. Don't you agree? Everybody yeah. has to agree. We are 100%. a cash based business. Certain amount of expenses every month. You need a certain amount of income every month. So money right. in, money out. And that's why the profit first is super important. Don't you agree? So, yeah, I hear you that that whole pre-sales thing. We're not big on it, are we? We're not. No, we're not. We're not. 
We're not. But it makes you want to sign up with some guru, right? If he says he made $30,000 in one day, you know, you're jumping all over that bandwagon thinking you're going to make $30,000 every day, you know, in a month. Well, imagine you made $30,000 a day times 30 days. How much money is that? 900000 uh -huh. Come on. That's $900,000 times that by 12 months. You ain't making that kind of money. So don't believe the hype. Like you said, and I agree with you, Tish, slow and steady, right? Mm -hmm. Slow and steady. These knee-jerk reactions to just burn through money. I witness that yeah. every day in the martial arts industry because we're so undisciplined. We don't stick to a budget. We don't have a business plan. We don't set up these five accounts. And we don't have a good bookkeeper and accountant. When Letitia came aboard, did I have a bookkeeper? Yes. We moved over to Tish. Did I have an accountant? Yes. 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 Well, that's a lot of money, but they're going to save you a lot of money. Yes. The right, the right person, the right book. The right person. Absolutely. Well, yeah. You know, when we came aboard, we had the wrong person and we know that, you know, and, and we know that. So next, let's talk about a lot of the people that 1099 people, what go for it. Okay. So this is my passion right here. It's, it's 1099 season folks, 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 folks. If you have somebody coming into your school to teach at your, on your mats at a specific time in a specific place, they are not a contractor. They're not a 1099. They are an employee. That is per the IRS regulations, the testing. I'm a 1099 because I work wherever I want to work. I work at night. I work in the morning. I work when I'm traveling. I work when I'm camping. I'm not constrained to it. So a lot of people do it, and you shouldn't be doing it. Um, I suggest when you can, and I know doing payroll, it's a real firm commitment. You know, you have to pay on, on a certain day, um, but you should be doing it. You shouldn't have any 1099 people. None of you should. You yeah, should not. I, I mean, and, and, and I think the other woman there that really drives that home when we, because we used to 1099 our kickboxing instructors, right? Because they would teach at other gyms and things like that. Also, if they're wearing your uniform, that is yeah. a huge red flag, Correct. huge red flag, you guys, huge red flag. So please stop 1099ing people because you think tax-wise, tell, tell them, please tell them it doesn't work to their benefit tax-wise. Break that it, down. It really doesn't. It doesn't because um, people, if you pay them underneath the table, that money's not getting buried because a lot of people want to pay cash. Oh, I paid them cash. Oh, well, I'm going to, what am I going to do with that? I don't know what to do with that. You will get a better tax benefit if you make them, put them on payroll and you get them on your payroll because then you get to deduct their salary or hourly and you get to deduct their payroll taxes. Um, and for people, you know, people who don't want to do it, those aren't the people you want to work with. They're not. You know, those they're are the really people not. that you don't want to work with them. They're not. I mean, they're not invested in you. Yeah, please don't think you're going to get over on the IRS. Please nope. don't think that. Right. And classic example. In our industry during COVID, I think they say we lost 35%. And that's based upon vendors. I think Century said, you know, we lost about 35% of our industry during the pandemic. How many people did not qualify for the PPP, Letitia, because they did not keep people on payroll and they were paying oh, them wow. cash under? Hey, you know how many restaurants went out of business because they did not have any records to show they were paying payroll? We got. The PPP, we got the ERC, you know, and we did really well with that because we had financial records to show payroll records, payroll tax, all of that, all of that, yep. right? All of that. How many, you know, how many school owners did you witness or still talk to today that are paying people under the table that need to stop? A lot. I still have probably maybe 50% of who I work with still mm -hmm. try to do it. And the, the, and I'll, I'll look, I'll get ready to set them up as a contractor. And then like, oh, so-and-so paid him cash. Sucks to be you. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, you know, it's just, it, it's not, it's not the right way you're doing business. It's really yeah, not. No. And that's why, honestly, when I go into a restaurant and you look at the little sign that says cash only, and then they have a freaking no. ATM machine there. Right, which yeah. they're making money off the ATM machine because you pay a fee and because whoever owns that ATM machine is leasing the space, you know, and the business is getting a kickback and they're taking cash. That is so short-sighted and such yeah. a poor way to do business. Because what if you want to expand your business and you go to apply for a loan 
and you have no income to show for it because you're taking it all in cash and burying it. You, you, you're not going to build a generational business that way. Don't you agree? I agree 100%. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, I get it. I, I mean, on the one hand, I understand. Some of you have these relationships established with these people, and this is the way they're going to do business, so they've been with you for a long time, and you want to do it. But at the end of the day, it's not going to benefit you. It's absolutely not. I mean, we saw it in the, I saw it in the pandemic. So many people had to say, well, I can't do anything for you because you're paying, you're paying under the table. Or you have contractors. A lot of stuff you couldn't get because you're paying contractors. PPP didn't touch contractors. It wasn't part of the calculation. The ERC, was that's not even part of it at all. You weren't going to get anything on those. So a lot of people missed out. Now, God forbid we ever have another... You know, in our lifetimes, please don't ha ever have another thing like that again because I don't know how we we're going to make through it. <laughs> we're going to get really tired. But, um, you know, you, you have to do things. If you do things the right way, it opens up so many doors for you. So many different opportunities for loans, for any kind of grants or stuff. But if you don't do it, go the straight and narrow or try the best you can to be transparent with what you do, you close the door on a lot of those. You miss out on a lot of stuff. And, and, and why do you think people do that? Um, I think there's, I think one thing is they think, oh, well, you know, so-and-so doesn't want to pay taxes. I think a lot of the, that is, is that's the case. Um, some people, I have one client who he hardly has anybody on payroll. Everybody's 1099 and they love doing it. And I'm not exactly sure why. And I think it's because he has those relationships established when he opened his school all those years ago. And now it's just kind of like a habit. You know, it's a habit. And I tell people, I go, it just shouldn't be a habit. It really shouldn't be. Right. One of the books I advocate for is Atomic Habits. So for every person you 1099, let's stack it with a good habit. Put somebody on payroll and eventually huh. you'll weed all those people out. You got to weed them out, folks. I don't care what you say, because you're setting yourself up for a world of hurt, a world of hurt by running your business like that. Correct. Right? You're so, not running it the right way. And no. then I also have a lot of people who are like, I don't want to 1099 these people. I hear that a lot. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want you to issue them a 1099. So that means I'm not reporting it to the IRS. So I know that person's not reporting that income on their taxes. And I tell people that I go, just so you know, because there's a box on all the business tax returns that say, did you issue 1099s? Because if you don't click that box that you issue 1099s, guess what? You can't enter in any amount for contractor payments that were 1099 that weren't 1099. Yeah. You can't do it. I, 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 you know, honestly, I don't know why people do that. And yeah. every, every bit of cash we get, if it ever comes in, once in a while, people give us cash in our business. Yes. Do we report it? Yes, we do. We do. We do. We do. Because that, again, if my, that helps the financial health of my business. So if at some point we expand and want loans or credits or anything like that, if I want to refinance my home or do anything, anything, Every bit of that is my credit history. Correct. And the more income I can show, the better quality, you know, the better quality loans we get. The more payroll we showed, the more money we got in PPP and ERC. Now nobody knew the pandemic was gonna happen. We didn't what the hell was a PPP? That didn't exist before the pandemic. The word ERC did not exist before the pandemic, but because we've always positioned ourselves well. And that's one of the things I share with, with business owners and shifting their mindset, right? And becoming accountable to themselves and creating that, that type of mindset to be successful is I don't report to anybody except who? The IRS. Nobody tells me what to do except the IRS. Well, and Tish does some days, but, <laughs> you know, but see, you see where I'm going with that, you guys, please, because that's part of not only your education, but it's the shifting of your mindset from being this freaking underground, taking cash only, you know, I don't want to pay taxes. You know, once I complained about that, because, you know, I sit in the 1%, correct, Tish? I sit in the 1%, uh -huh. right? Not in 2020, but that's okay. That was a different year. But overall, I sit in the 1%, correct? Yes. So I pay a lot of taxes, correct? Yes. Which means I make a lot of money, correct? Correct. So what's your freaking point, right? And somebody said that one time I was bitching and moaning when I still had that kind of poor mindset. 
And I was sitting there with one of my financials, a guy going, you know, I have to pay all these taxes. I pay all these taxes. And I was whining like a little baby. And he told me, he looked at me straight up, a good friend of mine. He said, you know, you should shut up. I said, well, why? Why? He says, that's indicative of that you're making money. So what's your problem? Right? You guys should not be afraid to pay taxes. It's part of the structure of the way our, our, our economy is set up. It's good for the country. It's good for you. It's good for everybody. It just is. It just is. And, and you know, when people say, and, and they never say this, no one ever says to me, wow, Brandon, you make more money than me. You know what they say? I am not in your tax, oh, yeah. I yeah. Am not in your tax bracket. Yeah. See that? So that's indicative of how the country and the system wants us to think. So, you know, me, I'm a disruptor. But when it comes to taxes and stuff, we don't mess around. We no, do not. absolutely not. Yeah. So in summary, Tish, you're fundamentally saying business plan, stick to your budget, right? Understand the law, the taxes, everything right down to your, even your life insurance every year you should be reviewing. Get off those 1099s. Payroll. Payroll's a big one. How many school learners out there are still doing their own freaking payroll, Tish? A lot that, of them. Yeah, that need to move to Gusto or AD. Correct. Right. So what is the advantage? And, and let's wrap up with that one. For today. Uh, okay. So the advantage of using, uh, and I and I don't like um, ADP or Paychex, I'm sorry, I'm partial to Gusto. Yeah, me is too. They, they, are, they work in the payroll. They're in it. So they know all the different laws and all the changes, all the nuances, everything that's coming up. That's their job. That's not that's not a school owner's job. That's not my job. That's their job. That's why you go to a payroll company because they and plus they have so many different levels of service. You can get the minimum. You can get the maximum. You can get an HR specialist. They are really that's their niche. That's what they do. Um, and it's easy. Like Gusto, I love because it's so easy. It's Is so there a minimum the employee for Gusto? Can you even have one employee? One. Yeah, yeah, just one. Yeah, and I mean, and they did. They were wonderful with the ERC. They processed yeah. all of our ERCs for free. Don't fall for all those people sending you notes about the ERC now. Don't follow for it. I know a lot of you are getting those. I'm getting them. Don't, yeah, those don't are scam them. notices, you guys. Those are loans. Yeah, Please those are scam notices. Yeah. Those are scam um, notices. And then for the PPP, Gusto had a report built in to help you know all the numbers you needed to know for PPP. They have everything there. They help you with workers' comp audits. It's all there. It's so easy as a person on the back end who has to do those audits for workers' comp that we do every year. Gusto is so easy to use for me to be like, boop, 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 boop. Oh, there's my numbers, and I get them done, and I know they're correct. The reporting is easy. That's why you use a third party, and they're so good. They really are. They're really responsive. They let you know what's going on. So that's why don't do your own payroll. Don't. Like, I wouldn't do my own and, payroll. And you know what I think what's beautiful about that, even if it's just one employee, is that you're developing a new habit. You know, Correct. the proper business structure, right? The proper business structure, all those different things, right? Correct. So lastly, what do you want to leave school owners with? It's tax time for many of them. April's rolling up. What, what do you want to leave them with? Um, keep all of, your all of your tax documents that come in. You need to be looking out for the tax form from WePay, Pitbull, whoever the, your third party who's processing your credit cards, um, you know, and be patient because laws are still changing for 2022. Yep. They really are. So I know lots of people, oh, let me get my tax return, let me get it in, let me get it in, let me get it in. Just just kind of ease out. Yeah, I mean, that's why we sure always call an extension to October yes. 15th. We've Move always in. done that in our business. Yeah. We Correct. always have, and that extension allows us to let the dust settle, look where the health of the business is, you know, look at our quarterly taxes, look at what new tax laws come through yeah. in the previous year. Right? Don't, don't be in a rush. You don't have to file it by April 15th. That's for the guy yes. on the paychecks, you know, who works for a company. And I think small businesses should all do extensions. That's why they were designed. Extensions are not something the average person who works for a company on payroll does no tensions are for small businesses you know they do. because things change so much and then they'll still change and they'll keep going and there's and always an opportunity to find a different benefit and i will tell everybody so any of the perks you got um in 2020 2022 2021 and 2022 or 21 those are almost gone 
any of the benefits you got because of COVID. So you know the um, child tax credit is has been decreased back to where it was pre-COVID. Um, you can't do depreciation. They had a special depreciation op option last year. It's not going to be there anymore. Um, things are changing. So be prepared to get smaller returns. Yep. Be prepared. And just be yep. prepared and be patient. And yep. get all your paperwork. Turn it all in. Don't be like, oh, my gosh, where's this? Where's that? You know what paperwork you should get. I have yep. checklists of what paperwork you should get. You should be looking for those things or actively pursuing after the first week of February. If you don't have them by the end of that first week of February, then you better start calling places and getting paperwork in because it'll take time at that point. But you should have everything you need um, except investments. Our investments usually take longer. Like you buy and sell a lot. Yep. Anybody who buys and sells a lot, those forms, typically your tax year, they come in late. They usually yep. come at the end of February. But we need those. Your tax person needs those paperwork. So be ready. Keep every single piece of paper. Even if you don't think we, your tax person needs it or anybody needs it, keep it. Well, and that's why I love Adobe Scan. Every piece mm -hmm. of paperwork I get, I scan it. And then, and then I shred it. You know, the point is they have a digital record of it somewhere. They sent it to me. They didn't just blindly send you a piece of paper and there's no record of it. So I like to scan everything and have a digital record because it's, you know, it's hard to keep all that. Well, thank you, my sister. I'm going to wrap up thank this you. show We're a little bit over. I love you. Um, and and you guys, if you're looking for a great bookkeeper, I will toot her horn. She, you know, she she's tough. She'll keep you in line. She'll call you out. She does it to me all the time. And and I know where we're at financially. That if she can do that for me at my level, she can really get you into a disciplined mindset as as a small business owner and get you on the fast track. It is a fast track, and I'm going to say better than the fast track. It's the right track. And if you set your business up right, you'll be in a great position. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. All right, folks. So who's here? Who's still aboard? Put in your name, the name of your school where you're tuning in from. We're going to give away one ticket to It's Time Live Boston, April 23rd. You want to be there because, you know, this is what I'm about. I work for the hoi polloi, which means the common man. I am for the small business owner. 90% of our industry makes minimal Right, 90% of the wealth, much like the stock market, is controlled by 10% of the population. Why is that? Because they're educated and they're funded well. Rich people get richer because, number one, they have the education. Two, they have the money to buy the lobbyists, to change the tax laws, to work things in their advantage. How often do we hear that big companies haven't paid tax dollars, right? Because they are, they're incentivized. I'm going to open a big-ass factory in your city and employ all these people. You better give me tax breaks. That happens all the time, all the time. And in our industry, for me personally, the reason I've made a passionate commitment to the small school owner, because I stand, stand in those rooms with the 1% of our industry. And we're not talking about how we're going to impact the industry and better it. No, we're talking about what stock we bought, what are we investing in, what boat we bought. Right. That kind of stuff. And honestly, when I got into that position, I had to search my soul. I had to search my soul because I knew if I chose to speak up and really look at the things that I believe for me, based upon my own value system, only for me. And I say for me, because I know people get come at me hard when I say this, you know, for me, based upon my value system, I want to help that small school owner right? Who's got one school, 150 students. All he wants to do is make his mortgage payment. All she wants to do is take her family on vacation. All they want to do is save for their retirement, right? All they want to do is not have to live from paycheck to paycheck or create this company that doesn't work for them. And they're a terrible boss for themselves. You are my passion. You are my commitment. Just want to say that. All right. Hey, so let's draw it. Everybody put their name in. Who's here? Who's here? Marco needs to know because he's going to choose a winner for It's Time Live Boston, the one day event on Sunday, April 23rd. My only East Coast visit this year. You're going to want to be there because you think this was was cool today. We take you deep on staff training, curriculum design, you know, becoming the storyteller of your business. All those things I believe it takes to be a successful small business owner. Marco, who's going to win our Boston ticket today? Bob Poole. Bob Poole. You are the winner for It's Time Live Boston. Everybody give Bob some love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good for you, Bob, sir. 
Bob's been, you know, part of this tribe for a while. I always count on Bob. I, I, I don't think he's missed a show. I don't think he's missed a show in, in maybe years at this point. And, and grateful. Bob, you're the winner. So, folks. Let's announce it. It's Time Live Boston. It's coming up. Put it in there, Marco. We do have a landing page for that all up. Thank you, Chris. We got that happening for It's Time Live Boston. I want to thank my sponsors for today's show. You know, make sure um, we thank them, Market Muscles, My Studio, Kids Love Life Skills, and LC Accounting. You know, thank you so much for the love. If you can't make Boston, think about coming out to It's Time Live Balance, August 12th through 15th, Millbury, California, five minutes from SFO. It's four days. It's a four-day event, only 20 school owners. That's it. That's all we do, 20 school owners. But it will be the most immersive four-day learning experience you have ever experienced in your life. It's unlike anything in our industry. Ask everybody who's been here. Get booked now. Right, successful people think forward. Book your flights now because August it's very expensive if you book late in the game. Book your hotel now and save money. Please do that now. Don't wait. Do it now. Now, right now. Cool. All right. I'm Brandon Bliso. I want to thank you, every, for being here today. Thank you, Marco, for holding down the fort. This is what success never sleeps. Who am I? Brandon Belisa, subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my podcast, Success Lover Sleeps and Mindful Meditation. Follow me at Instagram. For everything else, go to BrandonBelisa.com. Thank you so, so much. Who am I? Brandon Belisa. What do I want you to go out there and do? Live your best life. <laughs>